Well, I feel like I got saved twice and we haven't even heard the message yet. Thank you, Jesus. Well, I'm very excited this morning. Um, I, I get to introduce a wonderful pastor here who really is a legend in our, in our, uh, in our valley. In fact, you, you really can't throw a rock and not hit somebody whose life hasn't been impacted by red. And, and he's going to be bringing the word today. It's the second part of a message that we began last week having to do with forgiveness. And uh, Pastor Red came up to me on Monday and he said, listen, I want to talk to you because I feel like these are some specific things that are going to be very important as the second part of that message. And as he shared with me, the things that he was speaking of, many of them were the very ones that I had in my notes. And, and uh, so I was considering those things. I felt like the Lord said, you know what, Red is carrying something for this house that I want him to release personally. And so I went to Red being the humble man that I am after about the third or fourth time that the Lord told me specifically through my wife, Karen. And, uh, and, uh, and I told him, I just heard from the Lord. And, and, uh, and then he confirmed it through my wife. And then I really heard from the Lord. And so it is just my honor. I love this man. He, uh, he is, you know what, he is, he is the coach of Junction City and of Harrisburg and of the surrounding areas. He is held in esteem by so many pastors and leaders. He has had a profound effect on my life. And it's probably, I just love this man. Can we welcome, Christ Center welcome, Pastor Redcraft. Thank you. Thank you. Is Karen here? Thank you, Karen. <laughs> you know, we always know when the Holy, if I tell him the Holy Spirit spoke to me, he knows who I'm talking about. And when he says that, I know who he's talking about. So the Lord gave us helpmates to keep us in order. <clears throat> you know, as we were dedicating the, the baby, I, that always touches me. But as I was just thinking about that, how many of you, have not been dedicated to the Lord. I'm, not, I'm saying someone said, I lift you before the throne of God. We don't do that much anymore. But if you have, I was going to do it because I'm the grandpa. And grandpas have authority. So if you have never been dedicated and you didn't want to raise your hand, I'm dedicating you to the Lord right now for his grace and his mercy, his love, his care. Everything that he has for you will just explode into your life. Amen. Last week we prayed for Herb, and he went and had the, excuse me, he went to the uh, specialist, it's working, and he's back, I saw him the other day, he's, he's, he's got energy like I haven't seen for a while, but it also cost him, and he's our guinea pig, because if this thing works, it's going to be a blessing to a lot of people, and it's working in Herb, so it costs him to go. But if you would like to be a blessing to Herb and help him out for pays for this, give it to Christ Center. We'll be sure he gets it, okay? We keep nothing. We don't keep a portion. We give it directly to Herb. Deuteronomy 30, 14. And the Lord is making a statement today. He said, I set before you life and death. Life and death. He's a really neat guy. He says, by the way, it's to your advantage to choose life, but 
you have to choose. You have an option of choosing right or wrong. Do you know that? It's your choice. Life is a series of choices. I'm today what I am by the choices I made in my past. Best choice I ever made was when I was 43 years old and found out that legalism was not what I, that's what kept me out of church, kept me out. I never did have a trouble with God. I had a trouble with people trying to tell me how to live my life when I watched them live life worse than mine. But they went to church and I didn't. We got rid of that devil today. Guys, it has been a terrible thing in the life of people. I want to, oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. <clears throat> I'm going to set a, a stage, and I'm a, making a big assumption <clears throat> that you all read your Bibles. So if, I'm, if I allude to something, you'll know what I'm alluding to. At least you know where to go find it. But here's a scripture in, in 2 Timothy 3, 16. It said, all scripture is inspired by God. How much? Oh, you mean Genesis 1, Revelations 22, the whole thing. And profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. It's a pretty good book, guys. If you haven't been reading it lately, it might behoove you that the man of God may be adequately equipped for every good work. So I'm assuming that you believe that. This total scripture is ordained, anointed, spoken by the Heavenly Father through the Holy Spirit to anointed prophets and teachers and preachers and that so that we can get it. Amen? So, if he said, in the beginning was the Word. How many of you know that Jesus didn't just become Jesus in John 1? Have you ever thought of that? Jesus is the living Word. He was the Word back in Genesis 1, and He's the Word in Revelations 22, and all points in between. So I've heard people say, well, Jesus didn't mention that stuff. Yes, He did. Yes, He did. But he became the living word when John said, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. So today I want you to get this idea. I'm not speaking on Red's behalf. I'm speaking on behalf of the word of God, which is the living word, which is the only thing that will set you free. I don't care how you try to get free. You can go through 12 steps. I'm not opposed to 12 steps, but if you end there, you're not free. Jesus came to set us free. Would you uh, turn, could you put me uh, number one, Matthew 18, 21 through 34. Where pastor was, let me make sure I get the, she said she didn't have the, the uh, new American standard, but she had the old American standard, so we'll go with that. Now, when Peter came to the Jesus, Peter was, you know, I really like Peter. Peter, I could identify with Peter. Peter always spoke before he thought, and I'm, I'm trying to work on that. But he 
spoke before he thought, you know, and he thought he was really doing something really great. And God was teaching him about forgiveness and, and repentance and all this really good stuff that we really love to hear that our flesh just loves to get a hold of. Um, but, well, we'll leave that on the side for a moment. But he said, oh, Jesus, how many times do I have to forgive? Seven times? I can do that. Jesus said, Peter, how about 70 times 7 for the same offense every day? I don't think Peter said, I can do that. He said, Lord, that's impossible. The Lord said, yeah. You can only do it if you let me do it through you. But with me, all things are possible. And with you in me, all things are possible with you. So I want to read with you uh, Matthew starting um, about this king. Can you put some more up there? Or is that the only one we have? Therefore the kingdom of heaven likened to a certain king who had made a reckoning with his servants. And when it began to reckon, one brought, was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. Now, I want to tell you, 10,000 talents, a talent of gold weighs 80 pounds. Now, if you figure 80 pounds what gold is today, he owed him a bunch. For as much as he had not, uh, he, 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 this is why I like the, the new, wherewith to pay, his Lord commanded him to be sold and his wife and his children and all that he had and payment be made. In other words, you can't pay it. It's way out of your range. Therefore, this is, your, this is where I'm going to put you. Go ahead. The servant therefore fell down and worshipped him. <laughs> Wouldn't you? <laughs> oh, God. Have patience with me and I will pay you all. And the Lord of that servant, being moved with compassion, released him and forgave him the debt. Now, you think about that. You owe someone $10 million. And he says, pay up. Come on. Or I'm going to have you, I'm going to throw you in jail. I'm going to sell your kids. And you say, ooh, I'll pay you everything. Now, how are you going to pay that? If you couldn't keep your debt now, how are you going to pay it later? But the guy was, uh, he was moved with the guy came to him and worshiped him and laid down. He said, oh, oh, please. He pled with him. And the king moved with compassion, forgave his debt. But that servant, now think about this. You've just been forgiven 10 million bucks. That servant went out and found one fellow servant who owed him 100 shillings, which is about today's currency, $25. He owed him 25 bucks. And he said, uh, and he laid hold of him, took him by the throat. Now, you got to remember, this guy just got forgiven a bunch. Took him by the throat and said, pay up. Okay? And so his fellow servant fell down and besought him. He did the same thing. He fell down before him, but he didn't get the same results. Have patience with me, and I'll pay you everything. He could have probably paid that if he get a little, just a little time. But he would not. And he went and cast him into prison till he should pay what was due. 
Now, here's where the story gets interesting. So when his fellow servants saw, they were exceedingly sorry. Now, wouldn't you be? If you saw some guy come in here and just get forgiven 10 million bucks, and that guy goes over and grabs this guy over and starts choking him, when you feel, oh, my gosh, don't you know what you're doing? And came and told their Lord all that was done. And there's a report. You've got to remember, everything you do has been written down. He said, we'll give account for every word, every deed. In fact, there's a scripture in Corinthians that says, we're going to stand before him and give a, an account for everything we've done, good and bad. So, somebody's watching you. Somebody's watching you. And they're writing it down. So, and you're not going to have anything to say except guilty. But there's a, uh, there's a solution. We're going to get to that. Then his Lord called on him and said to him, Thou wicked servant, I forgave all that debt because you besought me. Shouldst thou not have had mercy on thy fellow servant, even as I had mercy on you? And his Lord was wroth. I think that means really mad. And delivered him to who? The tormentors, till he could pay all that was due. Now, guys, this puts trembling in my heart. If we have unforgiveness in our heart, guess what it opens us up to? The tormentors. Now, who's the tormentor? Satan and all of his minions. And guess what? He operates in darkness. And when you have unforgiveness, you're operating in darkness. And darkness is, doesn't mean the lights are out. It means you are away from the will of God. And you're over here where he can have access to you and do a ton of things to you that you don't need done because you have refused to forgive that person that owes you 25 cents. In comparison to what you've done to the heart of God, And what he's forgiven you of, I don't care what anyone has done to you, it isn't worth being turned over to the tormentors. That tormentors, what does it do? It robs you of your joy, robs you of your peace, robs you of your relationships, robs you of your family, robs you of your finances. Who is that? Who comes to kill and rob and destroy? The thief. Why would we want to open a door and say, come on in and rob me. Come on in and take everything I've got. Come on in and just make me miserable. Guys, that's what we do when we choose not to forgive. Now, I want to share something with you. You know this, most of you at least. Forgiving someone doesn't make what they did to you right. You're not saying, well, if I forgive them, they're going to get scot-free. No, no, no. The Lord says, hey, don't take your vengeance. Leave that up to me. You just do what I tell you so I can pour out my blessings, my blessings, my favor. It's not worth not having the favor of God to hold a grudge. Now, I've heard people say, well, I forgive them, but I don't like them. Forget that one. That's not going to hold up before the court of justice either. Now, what if God said, well, I forgive them, but I don't like you? <laughs> Think about it. We're his representatives here on earth. I am an ambassador of the Most High God standing before you today. Do you know that? But you are too. 
We're all made ambassadors. So we're to represent him the way he deserves to be represented. And he says, forgive. Forgive. Now, is it easy? Absolutely not. Why? Your flesh doesn't like it. Would you turn, give me uh, Hebrews uh, 12, 14. So, follow after peace with all men and be and the sanctification which no man shall without which no man shall see God. Looking carefully, lest there be any man that falleth short of the grace of God. Now listen to this: lest any root of bitterness springs up and troubles you, thereby the many be defiled. Guys, how does bitterness start? It starts with unforgiveness. Now, here's how I look at it. You get hurt. How many of you have been hurt? You know what that proves? You're a card-carrying member of the human race. Anybody that says they've never been hurt, they're lying, or they just had not lived long enough yet. It's going to happen. Somebody's going to do something bad to you. you. That gives you opportunity to practice what Jesus is saying to do. But here's a hurt. A hurt comes. And I nurse it. They did this to all my without. Then I rehearse it. They did it to me. You want to hear what they did to me? And then I curse. You know, I'll curse that sucker because I'll tell you what. Here's how it should be. The hurt comes. You don't nurse it. You don't rehearse it. You don't curse it. You disperse it. And you disperse it into his hands. Say, God, I can't handle this. You can. I give it to you. I need help. You know, why would we not say we need help? If we didn't need help, he wouldn't send us a helper. I'll use the Holy Spirit help, I'm telling you. I bug him daily. If everyone here thinks you know how to live your life daily without his help, good luck. The tormentor will have total access to you sooner or later. He said, don't let a root of bitterness spring up for many will be defiled. You know how many to be defiled? I go to buy, uh, buy someone. I said, buy someone. You know what that Pastor Joshua did to me? She said, no. Why? Well, well, what about that? She goes over and she says, you know what that Pastor did? And man, now we've got, a, we've got a whole church full of gripers and complainers and Joshua didn't do anything. And here he's getting blamed for everything. Guys, that's how the enemy works. He said, don't even give him. I'll tell you one thing. If you don't give him a toehold, he can't get a foothold. If you don't get a foothold, he'll never get a stronghold. And he will get a stronghold in your thinking if you don't take those thoughts captive and cast down these vain thoughts and imaginations. Uh, Ephesians 4, please. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and railing be put away from you with all malice. Be ye kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving each other, even as God also in Christ forgave you. You know, there are many of us that have been hurt. And we find it hard to be kind-hearted toward that person. If I find it hard, I have not forgiven now, I know that there's, you know, we have, many of us have exes, or not many of us, I haven't. I got mine, but 
I know that many have had exes who they had irreconcilable differences and bitterness and anger and all that stuff there. Forgive them so you can enjoy where you are now. If you don't, it will taint where you are now. God will not bless it. He will not honor it. You know, no, I, I think I've got this right. LaVita and I have been married 56 years. By the way, that's my wife over there in case you don't know that. That's, yeah. We have had, we have had irreconcilable differences for 56 years. She squeezes the toothpaste from the middle. She's always late. I'm always early. I squeeze the toothpaste. I roll it from the bottom. Those are irreconcilable. What did I do? I got my own toothpaste. She has her own. Now that's how we get along. For 56 years, I'm telling you guys, it's worth the change. It's worth the change. You know why most of us get upset? We want our own way. I like to be right. Now the Holy Spirit, stand up Holy Spirit. That's, okay. Teaches me things. She said, why do you always have to be right? That's another Holy Spirit speaking to me. I said, I don't. Yes, you do, and you always have to have the last word. And I said, I do not. She said, yes. I said, I do not. Then the Lord said, listen to yourself. <laughs> guys, I'm talking to some of you guys. You know what I'm talking about. It's much better to have peace than to be right. It's much better to have love than to have hate. It's much better to have forgiveness in your heart than unforgiveness. Guys, if we could just learn this, oh, my goodness. Do you, the world would run to us. Because they, we have something they need. But if you act like the world, why would the world want what you got? Guess what you get, what the world's got. Romans, Romans 8. Now this is what I'm talking about now. If you have unforgiveness in your heart... You are in the flesh. And the devil is a flesh devil. He'll eat you for lunch if you don't put unforgiveness away. But listen to this. For the mind of the flesh is death. Now that doesn't mean necessarily that you're going to die. It means you lose all your peace, joy, happiness, but the mind of the Spirit is life and peace. How many of you would rather have life and peace than death? That means you're to be led by the Spirit. That those that are led by the Spirit, peace and life. Because the mind set on the flesh is enmity. And I look at that word enmity, it means in opposition to, against God. How many of you want to be <coughs> opposing God? It's not a good, that's not a good choice. You lose. Guaranteed, you lose. But the mindset on the flesh is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the laws of God, 
neither indeed can it be. Now, what is the law of God? If you don't forgive others, I can't forgive you. I set before you life and death. You choose. They are in the flesh and cannot please God. I'll tell you, having my own way is not worth not pleasing God. Being upset and angry over some trivial something is not worth me giving up my peace and my joy with God. I had rather be offended. Doesn't the scripture tell us? Better you be offended. Right? Well, I'm just, again, you've heard this before. You can hear it till the cows come home. How many of you are practicing it? Remember it said be a doer of the word and not merely a hearer. And when you're hearing something that's triggering something, I'd stop and consult with the Holy Spirit about it. The, uh, there is this, I think it's in Romans 12, 18. I'll read this. If, if it be possible, as much as lieth in you, be at peace with all men. You know, I can't make you be at peace with me. But I can be at peace with you no matter what you do. It's my choice. It's my choice. It produces life. And it produces health. It produces contentment. And you said, if you do this, the kingdom of God is what? Peace and joy and righteousness in the Holy Ghost. Wendy? And guys, it is so important. Well, we're going to take communion. You think this thing is impossible? Do you have something, Doug? Many of you know that I teach a great deal about forgiveness, and this is a passion of mine. And I, I felt the Lord said to me, as Red was sharing, that many of you say, yeah, yeah, amen, preach it, brother. But I believe that God wants to take us to a new level. And I had to live this out myself before I can tell you. Last Sunday, Joshua was challenging us, and I was challenged even though uh, I speak about this a great deal. Went to Costco, and uh, there was this guy who was big and, and loud and obnoxious. Anybody know what kind of person I'm talking about? Anybody ever met any person like that? And I'm walking, I'm thinking, oh, what a jerk. And the Lord says, not anymore. And I believe God wants to take all of us, church, to a higher level of forgiveness. Are you with me? And so I did. And then I got in the car, and I'm driving down uh, Beltline. And there he was again in his big, oh, stupid four-wheel drive, that high, cutting in and out of traffic. And I said, yeah. Oh, no. And I had, to, I had to come do it again. Then I went to Winco, and guess who was there? The guy. <clears throat> and I believe God just used that just right in my face to say to us, all of us have walked in this to a degree. But there's a higher level we can go to, church. There's a higher level for each of us. No matter how much you've walked in, we can go to a greater level. Amen? 
And I can't call people jerks anymore. Lord won't let me. Are you with me? Now, I still am tempted. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> but it's a higher level that I think can apply to every one of us. Amen. <laughs> I'm glad he didn't have to work on me that way, Doug. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But guys, that is humility. Satan hates humility. I want to tell you, I'm going to leave you, we're going to do something really great things here in just a minute. But I want to tell you how to get victory. Victory, I've written this down so I won't get it wrong. Victory begins with the name of Jesus on your lips. But it will not be consummated until the nature of Jesus is in your heart. Guys, that's what he's trying to do to every one of us. He paid a tremendous price so that he could indwell every fabric of our being. There's no debt that he didn't pay. There's no sin that he hasn't forgiven. But he expects us, he said, I set before you liberty or bondage. You choose. Do you know when Jesus... People ask, do you vote? I said, God commanded me to vote. He said, what do you mean? He said, well, he said, I set before you life and death, choose. And if what I'm voting for chooses death, I choose the other because he's choosing life. I, I, I had to get political. That's a good way of voting. If you see someone standing for life, they'll agree with about 90% of everything else God will agree with, I'll tell you. So anyway, we're going to take communion, and Pastor Joshua is going to lead us in that. But I want to just share something with you that's really stuck with me for years. One of the reasons I chose, I choose to live a life, I will not take an offense. I refuse to take an offense. I don't care what someone does to me. I will not take an offense. Now, maybe I haven't had the very worst come yet, but I've had some pretty bad stuff. I will not take an offense. Because that offense leads to unforgiveness, which leads to bitterness, and I don't want anything to do with it. Now, here's, if I say to Wendy, Wendy, here's an offense. Aha, she refused to take it. Now, I guess I get to keep it. But she, here's an offense. If she takes it, now it's hers. And she's all messed up. Guys, that's what our offense does to us. Now, this communion we take, we're just not going to flip the it means a ton more than we get to commit to in, in just a single session. But he said, this is my body, and this is my blood. And if you take it worthily, tremendous blessings come with it. You remember everything I did for you, all the wonders, all the joy. If you don't, you're back into the dumps because you're beginning to think, what in the, where was he at when I needed him? Why da 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 Okay, listen. For he, and I'm going to put this in context, what I think. For he who eats and drinks, eats and drinks judgment to himself if he does not judge the body rightly. For this reason, many among you are weak and sick and a number sleep. I believe that's talking about unforgiveness. If you have aught in your heart against anyone, I'm asking that today. As Wendy and Hannah sing this, he paid the price for you to be totally free. 
take that unforgiveness in your heart and say, God, I give this to you. And then as you begin to think about that, not think of a person. Now, this is how it worked for me. When I thought about them, I said, Lord, I thank you for them. I'm asking that you bless them. I said, somehow they get to meet you. They get to understand you. God, I know you love them as much as you love me. I'm, I'm inviting you to get into that position. It will pay great dividends. You will not only find favor with God, you'll find favor with men. Before you do this, i got to tell one little story. I had a ton of stuff today. I mean, it was, I just asked the Lord to put the hopper, kick it out. But I was reminded of a story about the old rancher came to church. And it was really a bad day. I mean, it was a stormy, stormy, terrible day. Nobody else came but the old rancher and the pastor. And the pastor, he's rancher sitting in the back, and the pastor said, uh, well, you know, nobody here. We might as well close. He said, the pastor, I'm a rancher. He said, if I go out to feed my cows, and only one cow shows up, I feed them. The pastor got really, wow. So he went on, and he preached, and he preached, and he preached. But his already said, well, how was that? And he said, well, pastor, I'm a rancher. And if only one cow comes up, I don't give them the whole bale. <laughs> so I'm going to stop right there. Wendy's, and these guys are going to sing, Jesus paid it all, and pastor, come. let the Holy Spirit now begin to bring to your mind. They're going to continue to sing. But this is the truth. This is the reality of the gospel. This is the broken body of Christ. This is the poured out blood of Christ. There are many of us that are addicted in different ways. We have hidden besetting sins. And we've been trying to overcome them, but we keep coming back to them. It's the tormentor. He has access to your life because of unforgiveness. And you will not be free from those besetting sins until you forgive. And that thing will lose its power. Some of us are looking for justice. The Lord says, vengeance is mine. You can forgive because they will answer to the Lord for what they've done, but they will not answer to you. You have to give it to the Lord. And if you require that you be their judge, then you will also have to pay for your own sins. So just let the Holy Spirit begin to bring the people, and as we hear the reality again, let those things go. Repent of those sins that you must repent of. Forgive those who need to be forgiven. Lord, now in 
praying earlier and just waiting on the Lord, um, Jessica heard from the Lord that for some of us, there's, a, there's a, a spirit of fear that comes in and causes us to demand justice or causes us to open our lives up to legalism, which is really the fear that things won't be done correctly, that they won't be done right. And I've got to enforce that. That's actually connected to forgiveness and trust in the Lord. See, that fear opens up that door. And as we're walking through this right now, the Lord wants to remind you that perfect love casts out all fear. And we find that perfect love in the broken body of Christ, in the poured out blood, that that too is covered. So we need not be afraid. There's no punishment left because justice has been served in Christ. And so we can let go of that as well. So what we're going to do now the Holy Spirit's working with you. You don't need me to walk you through every step. The Spirit of God is in you, bringing up faces and scenarios and people, and you're choosing to forgive with His help. He's in you forgiving. The first step can simply be, Lord, you're in me forgiving, so I agree with you. I forgive too. I can't do it on my own, but, but if you forgave because of your broken body and your poured out blood, well, then I do too. Do it in me. I'll, I'll agree with you until I can do it. And it happens very quickly when we lean on Him. I want you to just continue. They're going to continue to sing. They're going to continue to minister to the Lord. They're going to continue to preach the gospel in song. When your heart is clean before the Lord, take communion. Take the broken body. Take the poured out blood. Receive the forgiveness. Receive the healing in your body. Remember the salvation that you've received and walk out of this place free. In your own time, be blessed in the name of Jesus. died my soul to say my lips shall still repeat and when before the throne I stand in him complete Jesus died my soul to say shall still repeat as Jesus paid
You are loved. Wendy sang a song that he loves us. Then we, then Carlton sang a song, we love him. What a love relationship. But I want you to just go this week. Many times we think, well, I really love God. He really loves you. That's why he saved you. He didn't save you so you wouldn't go to hell. He saved you so he could have a relationship with you. Every day. Amen? Well, let's go be a blessing. We're supposed to be a blessing wherever we go. Let your light shine. That's him shining through you. Have a great week. Thank you so much. God bless you.